Here we go. Chaos from the Gemini. El Paso's on Feline Fox. The walk. Yeah. Thank you, Malik. I tell you, I love that song, and we almost didn't get uh, put on because Malik uh, spilled water all over the computer, and and we didn't think we were gonna uh, get on, but we did. We 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 we, we, seriously, we nullified the situation, and uh, we're all good to go. So my man is ready to go. Uh, thanks for welcome uh, to another episode of Tales from the Gemini. We're gonna run it back with my buddy, Mr. Matt Dunn. Is Matt ready? All right, let's get him on, man. Let's get him on. No time for wasting. Let's get it on. Like Hagler and Hearns. Just pop out. Start. Here we go. There he is. What's up, Matt? Hey. How's it going? Turn it this way. Again. Turn it. Wait, wait. Which way? Hang on. Does it work this way now? No. Oh, there it is. Look at you. There Look you at go. you. Sweet. How, How are you, buddy? Good, good. A bit tired, but yeah, not bad. How are you? Why are you tired? Man, cold? You, should, you should you should be like all rested up. There's no there was no GP last week. I mean you I've, I've you're barely off work. just finished work. You're unemployed. <laughs> you have nothing to do. <laughs> I wish I was unemployed sometimes. No, I'm just kidding, obviously never, but um, <laughs> please don't fire me. Um but yeah, no, it's uh no, it's still been still been working um bits and bobs since the season's finished, but now just starting to finish up. I'm in the UK, so Time to time to relax and actually recharge those batteries, you know. Okay, now how does it work for you guys? Okay, season's over. So did you you were living in Barcelona during the season, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so season's over. You went in. Uh, uh, did you stay in an apartment, a house, or what? Yeah, yeah. I live in a house actually with with Fran, who does the podcast. Although actually, we we've just moved out and stuff. So okay, yeah, and the, not anymore. Okay, so you moved back to the UK. Yeah. And now you're just chilling. Oh, for the yeah, for the next couple months, I'm I'm chilling. I'm like relaxing, gathering my thoughts. A lot of cycling and running, and listening to podcasts. I listened to a good one last week, actually. Not sure if you know it. Is uh, some guy called Neil Morrison was on it? Ah. It's called like Tales of a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, it was quite good. You yeah. listened to it? Yeah, of course. I want to. I want to. I didn't know Neil lived in Jakarta for a year. It, how great is that? I mean, honestly, no. Yeah. I, I'm not patting my own back, but but first of all, thank you for <laughs> listening, man. I really appreciate. It. I think I'm all, I'm a fan of you, and I'm I'm flattered that you listen to me. I'm a, I'm a big big fan of you, so I'm glad you listened to me. And honestly, th- this is what I love doing is finding out about you guys. And he told me, yeah, Jakarta, and he lived in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and he loves fried yeah, chicken. Yeah. How great was that? <laughs> I did know that. I knew that he'd been in the U.S. But, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the, the other stuff, I'm like, Neil, talk to me. <laughs> so, you know, so. <laughs> See, I bring it out of you guys, man. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. that's one of the best things about this year. And I'm, I'm going to get to that with you. But the best thing about this year for me personally, and I always try to look on the positive side of things. And the positive side, yeah. I got a chance to, you know, get to know you guys, man. It was like, and, and it's great because, you know, I get behind the voice. Because I heard you and it's and you're so funny. But I go, I want to get to know this guy. And then, like, you're even better getting to know you because you <laughs> killed me, man. But you also are great at your job. Like, I told you pass the mic uh thing with it keep it clean with uh, uh augusta fernandez right oh yeah 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 oh, that rest in peace that show <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll do it in 2021 but yeah i was that was a that was a a um a casualty of covid and lack of uh budget unfortunately <laughs> it was budgets one, and time that was a one and done wasn't it that was a one and done but it yeah, was yeah. it was fun i mean but that's the, the beauty of it like i was, I was like on the positive side I was like I said getting to know you guys and i'm glad that you learned learn, learn more about neil than than uh than, than you knew you know yeah yeah hugely hugely this is no i love i love doing that i've, I've just i've re- only realized it yesterday 
Um, my off seasons tend to follow the same sort of format. I basically, I get back to England, I go and run and cycle where I have loads of just, because you, you know, you, you cycle a lot, you know what it's like, yeah. especially if you're doing something low intensity, you can just let your mind wander and you can just go over everything, you reflect on it. And then naturally I get into, I just, it's just one person triggers it. What was it? What did I listen, which podcast did I listen to? Oh, I was, it was a cyclist called Justin Williams. Um, you might know him. He's uh, he's like, he's doing great things for, for inclusivity and black yes. American cycling and stuff. Right. Yes. So he was on, it's either the Rick roll or rich roll podcast. And so I was just listening to, to him and what his project of Legion of Ballet does. Um, and then I just started listening to more podcasts and more. There's one by Stephen Bartlett, the CEO of former CEO of this uh, social media company, Eddie Hearn, the boxing dude. He was on one called High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey. And just listening to other, I just go through this period of like a week of just listening to loads of different podcasts, just being quiet and just listening to other people and their perspective and stories and stuff like that. And I'm now in that kind of phase. And then, and then I start listening to more and then that's where we start come up, coming up with ideas for content and stuff for for next year you know and i've kind of done that for the last three years i i I, honestly i love it i think you can always pick out little things from everybody from everybody and you go dude originality is dead just 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 to make your own spin on whatever (laughs) someone else is doing that's what everyone does right it's all been done But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that's exactly what you do. Honestly, it's like, and that's how, to me, you become successful or you go, I never thought of it that way. Like, I think next week I'm going to have uh, Matt Dickerson on, the one who trained uh, Bradley Smith and he trains uh, and, uh, the... I Air- love Matt. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I'm going to have yeah. him on next week. And, and you know, it, and that's going to be interesting for me because I'm going to find out, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that will, it's going to be difficult because, like, training and, how, you know, talking about somebody about training, when I ask them actually training, and, you know, do, do a Zoom is going to be challenging, but I'm looking forward to it, you know, about diet and how and I think his thing was, or I was reading about how a lot of people go, uh, you know, high intensity workouts. And he's, he's like, just keep it level. Like, especially endurance mm-hmm. athletes. They say they don't really run that far or, or cycle that far, but they just, they, they keep it level. And, and, you, mm-hmm. and you're like, really? And I don't know. It's just really in, uh, intriguing. He, um, he, I saw he did a, an Instagram post today about, or yesterday about cycling, actually. Yes, that's, that's the one. spoke true to me. Yes. Because it, yeah, it was like 80% low intensity, 20% high intensity. And, that, and that's actually, that loops back to what I do when I, when I come back to the UK. I'm, I've not seen my girlfriend yet. I'll see her like next week. And, um, but when I'm just on my own with my, like staying at my parents' place, obviously now it's more extreme here. But if I'm not seeing my friends, which I'm not at the moment because COVID and this and that, no right. pub and stuff, right. I just go running and cycling. And I, um, at the beginning i do take it very low intensity but that's more to like so i don't overdo it so i don't injure myself and then also because it does give you time for that reflection which as i'm not an actual athlete i just do it for fun and like personal fitness and health right i can afford to do it but yes yeah like low intensity stuff's awesome well okay now correct me if i'm wrong but didn't you do triathletes yeah, 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 I did. Um, I was at, I get, re- I get more and more annoyed. You know, do you know what? The lockdown was one of the worst things that ever happened to my, um, to my old, like, personal achievements as, as like, a triathlete. I was never any good. I was just a novice, amateur guy. But on Strava, I had so many segments around where I live. Uh-huh. And every, no, no shit, every day, I was getting emails going, oh, someone stole your course record. Oh, someone stole your KOM around here. And I'm like, fuck, when did I get that? And then I look back and it's like 2014, 2015, before I moved to Spain. Okay. And, and then I look at my speeds going up this thing and I went, fuck how do i do that like what i used to be that fast are you kidding me 
Oh my God, I really let myself go. And it really just has been a downward spiral ever since I joined. <laughs> jo- jo- Dawn- Merch GP has been wonderful, but it just killed any hopes I ever had of long-term fitness. <laughs> well, 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 but can't you like work out with, with, the, with the riders? You would think like you would uh, travel with a bicycle and like when they do the track no, walk. No time for that, dude. And I'm not, I'm not high enough up in the food chain to ask someone to take my bike on the track, unfortunately. <laughs> maybe it's something I'm working towards in the next couple of years, maybe. But um, yeah, yeah, that would... Um, that would be ideal. Yeah, I'd love to, to train with some of them. Some of them would say, oh, yeah, come riding or running with me. Yumi Sasaki actually said he would go, um, he would come running in, in Portimao, but he never did in the end. Oh, man, you know, I, I, I talked to, I chatted with that dude. That guy is hilarious. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love Sasaki. I think he's going to have he's, an incredible like, year next year. You, I remember when last episode you asked me, like, who do I really rate or who's underrated? Actually, I should have said Yumi as well as uh, Yuki Kuni because he's, he's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sasaki killed me. I remember uh, Maria kind of gave me the, she goes, he's sneaky funny, you know? And so we were talking, once he got warmed up, that dude was killing me. I'm I'm going to try to get him some cowboy boots if he comes to to Austin. I can't wait for you guys to come to Austin, man. Seriously, I'm I'm going to get him some cowboy boots. I'm going to try to get Neil some some, uh, fried chicken from Popeye's with some gravy on it. It's going to be a good time. I want some some chicken wings with, um, like, really hot sauce on them. A bit like you know hot ones the internet show yes yeah yeah we'll do that man i mean if if everything knock on wood everything goes right i can't wait for you guys i know you guys are gonna be working and me it's gonna be shits and giggles but we've got to make time like at night night you know what i mean maybe an hour and a half i know you guys got to you know get to bed early rise up early but man we gotta do that we gotta hang brother i mean that big time big time yeah Yeah. that'd be great i'd love that we always go down normally go down to rainy street down there austin's one of um, i remember steve said on your podcast as well he's like everyone loves austin Okay, it might not. Apart from last time we were there, where you had a great race between Rins and Rossi. Normally, the race is a little bit yeah. boring. Yeah, we- <laughs> but for a weekend, oh my God, it's amazing. You can't be- this rainy street's the best. You can't be, honestly, well, here's it. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma originally. So when I went to school hey. at the University of Oklahoma, sooner born, sooner bred, when I die, sooner dead, well, we, well, for the weekends, we would go to Austin, Texas. Uh, I, had, I had a friend, I had a friend girl, and she had a boyfriend who lives in Austin. He owned uh, Antone's, the, the blues bar. So I got a chance to meet hmm. Buddy Guy, Albert King, um, all the big blues guys, Snooky Pryor, all the big wow. blues guys. I mean, I remember talking to Buddy Guy uh, backstage, and I, didn't, I mean, I knew he was a big time but it didn't really register register with me and i mean in his band was the the the, the keyboardist for for uh stevie ray vaughn i mean i met uh-huh. all these big time guys man so i've i've known i mean austin's been in my life forever so it's cool to go back there now i think now it's gonna yeah. be i think it's like hollywood east now but you know with rogan being there and and a lot of hollywood guys being there and matthew McConaughey. Oh, he's, he's down there is he oh, yeah, yeah rogan's okay. down there now you know along with mm-hmm. mcconaughey so it's, it's a little different traffic's bad but it's still it, you know, it's still Texas, man, and it's it's the best part of Texas. It, it goes Austin then yeah. Dallas. I love Austin. See, yeah, I went to Dallas last year just for um, a couple of days because we fly um, one of the flights that got paid for us or whatever is um, to get to the US was to Dallas if we were staying out for the uh-huh. weekend between. And I wanted to go to uh, Supercross in Nashville, so then I decided because it wasn't till the next weekend, I stayed a couple of days in Dallas just to explore it. I went to the room on the fifth floor, third floor, yeah. where JFK was killed. Uh, I went to the aquarium, uh, went there, did, which I found out had the world's largest species of eagle called a harpy eagle there. And I was like, what the hell? I've never, never seen one before. Amazing. Because they're from Belize anyways. Um, yeah, just walked around. I really liked Dallas. It was not what I expected at all. It's, they're quite, I didn't realize how many of these US cities are quite small. 
like because only previously I'd only ever been to like New York and San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but like Austin and uh, and Dallas and even Nashville, like they they're quite the downtown part is quite small. There's not there's like a small cluster of high rise buildings. Yeah. And then further out from that, it's not so many. And it just really fascinated me. It was a great trip. I loved it. Yeah, I lived in I lived in Dallas. I lived in Dallas for about a year. And uh, mm. that was one of my favorite places I've ever lived. I mean, to this day. Because I, I graduated, went to Chicago, lived in Chicago about a year. And then I moved to Dallas. I love Dallas. And then I lived out of my car for three years and lived in L.A. for about 10, 15 years. And now I'm in Indianapolis. <laughs> It's not a bad place to be. Uh, Indianapolis is it's not it's yeah it's nice and you know what the, the best thing about Indy I tell people it's the greatest sports city in America and I mean America oh, yeah? because they they they're, they're the only city that takes racing seriously and gives it the uh, the the, the carte blanche that it that, that it deserves like when Moto GP was here they renamed all the streets after the riders they had like Rossi oh, Boulevard yeah they had Rossi Boulevard oh. uh, Lorenzo Way I mean they renamed the streets oh. during that week after the riders i mean it, and they had uh like bikes on meridian that's where all that they would block off about uh about five or six city blocks no cars nothing but bikes and they lined up all and, and i wow. swear to god it was like thousands of bikes lined up and even in the center median and they called it bikes on meridian and it still goes on to this day and i tell people indianapolis is the greatest sports city. and people get mad when i say that all the big cities like chicago i said no because in indy you don't need a car once you go to downtown indy you you, you can walk around we, we have a, a football stadium we have a triple a baseball stadium we have a olympic swimming and training center downtown we also have uh, the basketball court here and it's it's less than a 20 dollar uber ride to the greatest racetrack in america i mean for oval racing is uh to indy 500 yeah, yeah. so it's the greatest sports city in america i mean that's the best thing about indy it really is after that that's cool it's suspect but still but other than that it's, it's a good city man it's a good racing city it's a good racing city. <laughs> same with so. all cities it's fine yeah so, okay so are you on strava so i can follow you on strava uh and, and we can, yeah, yeah yeah i'm I've gonna follow on, you on, I've been on strava i'm yeah, do it, do it. No, that'd be great. Yeah, because I'm always trying to get in some miles. My brother tells me, my brother's really, a really, really good cyclist. He always tells me I'm a bit of an idiot because um, when, because I don't do much exercise throughout the season. Like, I've done, so I've ran most of the circuits this year. Yeah. Uh, with Ian, who's John McPhee's, like, personal assistant, works for LS2 Helmets mm-hmm. as well. He's a really good guy. Um, ran most of the circuits, but apart from that, I wasn't doing much running outside. There was loads of stuff, like, I mean, the schedule was so intense and stuff like this, so I wasn't doing much to keep it up. But then as soon as I come back to the UK, I just smash it. I just, I'm out like most days, maybe I have maximum two days off a week, yeah. but normally barely even one. My brother just goes like, I don't know how you don't get injured because you're an idiot. You just go, you come back and you just like, uh, you just go 40 kilometers, 50, 60, 70, the next ride. And then just like try and go as far as I can. And um, yeah, but no, I'm taking more sense. Why listen to my body? I've got calf protectors on for from a walk I did just before coming on because my uh, Achilles is getting a bit tight. So Want to recover it, so I try to take it seriously-ish. Well, the, the, take it for somebody who's got a couple of years on you, just a couple. Uh, <laughs> I've been taking yoga. I do yoga every morning, and it oh, yeah. it it helps, man. I do. I literally do yoga every morning. Which, go, go to YouTube, find like what yeah. body part hurts, or whatever, and you know, go anywhere from fifteen to 20, something, something, just ten minutes or forty-five or whatever, and do that workout. And if you do it every day, honestly. It makes a yeah. difference. And also, what I'm doing, if I learned from my uh, producer, who I listen, I listen to all you young guys, is that he's 19, and I've been taking cold showers since uh, March. So I oh, doing you're this. one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're one of them nutters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, I do. I've been doing cold showers literally since March, and I, it makes a difference. So try yoga and try nothing but cold showers. Even on a cold day when you come in, do a cold shower. And man, I'm telling you, it'll make a difference. And I'm gonna follow you on Strava. Right. I'm gonna follow you on Strava, and we'll, we'll yeah, track you this progress. Keep up to date. 
Yeah, man. Awesome, awesome. We'll do it. Okay, so, so, no, be good. so, so during the season, when I've been, like, I, I know it's, it's good to recharge your batteries and everything, but what's the thing that, mm. not like, that surprised you during the season? I mean, I know it was a weird season starting off, but what surprised you at the end is like, oh, I did not see that coming, other than COVID, obviously. That's the, you know, the elephant um, in the room. <laughs> just, um, I, didn't, I did not see just how mental the season would be, the race would be, the results and everything. The, the craziness of the races and just the mixture of storylines throughout all three championships. It was just never ending. And it was like, it was, it was the best. Like Neil summed it up best when he was telling you about how exhausting it was and, and the, the gratitude that you, that you have to be there. Yes. But then there's, so, there was some race where you're like, can there just be slightly less storyline, please? Because this is really exhausting, <laughs> you know? But it was just brilliant. Like there was, everywhere you look was just amazing. Like, I, I even I, so I got just to prepare for this. I just watched a couple of highlights from from some earlier Moto Three races because you never remember what happens in those because they're yes. just a brawl. Yes. And then so I, then I've got the a PDF so the championship or championship classifications up, and I didn't even realize at the end uh, Arbelino finished second in the championship. I didn't realize. We well, like, well, tied with Agura. They're, they tied at once yeah. at one seventy. Oh, they tied and they didn't even see that. Yeah, they tied. They, oh, yeah, Agura tired, and Arbelino yeah, yeah. tied at one seventy, and yeah. it's so so who who gets actually second place or does it matter? Well, no, it'd be Arbelino because he won a race. And, and Arbelino, God bless Arbelino. I mean, he got screwed because he never had COVID. <laughs> he was on a plane. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where the guy two rows behind him had it. So, yeah, yeah. so what the Italian? I gotta got say, I, I take a, I take a bit of a hard line with this because he, the rules and what everyone said was, don't go home between these triple headers. Yeah. Just go straight to the next race. Yeah. I don't know what contract he's got with his team and stuff like that and his flights. But if that was an option for him to go back, he didn't have to go back for those three days, pal. Well, there you go. I, I didn't know like, that. You know, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, he paid if, the price. If that's the case. Yeah. If, if that, like, I don't know, because I know some, some Italian teams, like I remember asking them in, in Austria, it was in their contracts. They had to go back home. They left on the Sunday night. They had to drive back like five, seven hours. And then they would come back to Austria on the Wednesday or no, even on the Thursday morning. So that was in some of their countries that they had to. So maybe I'm being too unfair and it, and it wasn't an option for him. He had to fly back. But if there was an option, dude, you didn't have to go back. I mean, for goodness sake, some, some people didn't see their families for seven weeks. Get a grip. But, but, <laughs> Even though I love the kid. No, no, but no, but see, I didn't know that. See, that's things that I don't. Yeah. Those things that I don't know. It's like I find out from SDK on in Moto America that uh, mm. uh, the, the the guy who won the championship had a bike had more CCs than him, and he, he was constantly mm. having to do different techniques to try to stay up with him. And eventually, the bike with the bigger CCs won. So, and that's things I didn't know that I didn't know Arbelino had a choice. He could have stayed there, just he, grit he your teeth. He did. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly. If, well, if that's the case, and he could have just stayed there, grit your teeth. And just deal with it, bro. I mean, everybody, everybody's doing a sacrifice here. Everybody is. I mean, the yeah. whole world did. So if you're going for a championship, and it's not like he's – no offense to the other guys uh, who are at the bottom who didn't have a chance, a snowball's chance in hell of getting a championship. But seriously, if you're in a championship, you're in the top three or four, and it's that close – Man, you got to just grit your teeth, suck it up, the buttercup, and try to win that championship. Because if, if he did, think about it. If he would got a chance to race, if he would got a chance to race and just got some points, he only was four points behind four. Arenas. Yeah. He was four yeah. points. And that last, let me tell you something, that last race, he raised his right? ass off. That dude, that's why I was so mad at Agura. Agura, God, God bless her. And I don't know, I don't know the backstory. He could have been hurt. His bike could have been lacking in horsepower. But when mm. it's everything is on the line. You have got to win it or bend it, and he had to do it, and he didn't. And that's what I'm, look at Arbelino. He started. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was in the back.
back of the, he was in the back of the damn pack, and he didn't it bitch. Was funny, yeah, he yeah. didn't complain. He goes, you know, and he put that visor down, and he did what he had to do. He was running people up. He didn't really run people over. He didn't, he didn't do a Marquez. He did what he had to do. And you look where he finished. He finished four points behind. And if he looks at it, if he looked at it like this, the the reason and I think he would have won if he didn't, like you said, take that flight home and then come back and then get caught. That and that's I think that he's gonna look back at that and go, why did I do that? Because he could have won mm-hmm, the championship. Mm-hmm. He could have won it. I mean, but but I feel like I'm disrespecting uh, Arenas in a way because Arenas was that fighter who was winning the fight and he's taking blows like, oh, he's losing his round. And he comes out and bam, he gets a knockdown. Okay, he wins the round. It looked like he was going to lose it every week, but he did what it took to to win the championship. And I got to give him props for that. I got to say he was, um, uh, Arenas, watching back some of the highlights, it came back to, um, to what? I was thinking during all the times you're watching arenas that I try and always stay away from like riding observations right. because I don't ride. I don't race. Like I, I feel very much that's somewhere where I don't step into. Neil has some more technical knowledge on that, not from like riding and racing himself, but he's just quite good at those observations. Right. And then obviously Simon Crafar, Matt Burt, Steve Day, they've been around so long and have obviously raced themselves. Uh, most of them, but like they understand that bit. The one thing I did notice about Albert all the time was he was so flinchy. So people would come near him into a corner, get too close, and he flinches out of the way. And he, he kept out of trouble every, like most times. Okay, a couple of times he, he got wiped out. But he was so good at flinching out of the way of other people. And I was like, do you know what? That's, that's a skill. Because I thought he was, running, he was riding scared so much of the season. Right. I was like, no, nah, he's going to. Like, if he's riding this scared, like, how can he keep up the dominance? He's going to get bumped back. He just never did. And so I was like, okay, so actually that flinching is more like a, a skill which of keeping out of trouble, which those other guys aren't so good at doing, maybe. You know, so props to him. Like, he, he, he freaking won it, dude. He managed it, the end of that season like, like a champion does. He did what it took to win. It may not have been, and I think that's what, in all classes, I think that's what people, in a way, they liked about this season. And in some ways, if you're like me, I like, it's a catch-22. I love the, the closeness. I love that it, it came down to the final race of the weekend in two classes mm-hmm. and in the penultimate round in three classes. But I, I like that it's must-watch TV, like, oh, especially Moto3. I, I kind of thought, in a way, Moto3 should have been the last race in, in Portimao because it was so much on mm-hmm. the line. I, I, I thought it was, but I understand why it has to be that way. But I like yeah. that it comes down to, oh, oh. Like, if you're in Moto3 and you're racing and you look, around, and you look to your right and there's Darren Bender, you go, please, God. Please, Darren, don't 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 do it, Darren. Are you safe now? You can trust him now. <laughs> yeah, don't do it, Darren. Please, Darren, please. Yeah. I gotta win this championship. And so, yeah. I, I, that's what I loved about this season is that nobody really dominated, but the race management. I think by. Albert Arenas throughout the entire sea of, of all, all the classes, I think Albert Arenas is was head and shoulders above everybody, all the class, because he managed it from the beginning to the end of the season, man. He didn't put a foot wrong, pretty much. He didn't put a foot, mm. man. That's hard to say in Moto 3. Like, like we've all said, it is a street fight, it is a bar brawl. You don't know if you're coming out of thing alive. And what he did was incredible, man. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, now, how do you think he's gonna do in Moto 2? Um, I like to I like to think he'll do well. He's got he's got a really good group of people around him as, as Albert. So he's one of those guys where like as long as he doesn't get ahead of himself, expect too much for himself because hardest championship in the world, Moto Two, yes. apart from Moto GP. But you, yeah. you get what I mean. Um, 
as long as he keeps his head level, which he did this year. And like this was the year where he proved that he could keep his, apart from that one little blemish in, in Valencia, that little moment of, of madness, um, he proved that he can keep his head level. And if he can keep that through, then I think he'll be fine. It, then it'll, it'll be grand. He's got a great team around and they all want him to do well. That um, He's such good friends with Alex Rins. He's got some really great, useful mates. Like he's got that support system around him to to help lift him up. I could have sworn when he did when he did the uh, the the, the pressers toward the end of the year, and he had that look. I thought he's gonna blow it because he looked nervous. And I don't know if that was because mm-hmm. I don't know if that was because he was just doing like one of his first pressers. I mean, you know, he wasn't really familiar with the pressers or that pressure was getting to him. And I thought, oh, it's over now. I thought I thought either honestly, I thought it was going to be Vietti or Arbolino that, that was going to get him. And the way he just managed it, I got to give him props, man. I, yeah. I didn't give him his props. So I, Especially in, in Mert 3, I got to say, like some of those guys, I, you, you watch them in press conferences and you, could, you might think, oh, pressure's getting to him. No, they're just, they're just nervous about their English. Ralph Fernandez, if you had Steve on again, Steve would tell you like, Ralph and I just before every press conference on a Saturday, we'd be like, Steve, what are you, what are you going to ask me, Steve? <laughs> and like even, and, uh, and things, as Steve would tell him, and Ralph would be looking at his dad for sort of affirmation, his dad would be like, and he'd be like, okay, okay. And then I think it got to the last one, and uh, Ralph said, Steve, what are you going to ask me? And Steve went, Ralph, I'm not telling you anymore what I'm going to ask you. You know what I'm going to ask you. You've been here like 10 times. And he's like, okay. And so, so they just get nervous about their English. So it's, it's but that that's such a, a funny, you know, kind of dynamic because they're only they're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds are still becoming and finding out who they are as well as developing their skills on the bike. Yes, they're just not comfortable with it, and it's it's adorable to look at sometimes. And I like that as a 26 year old <laughs> having grown up because when I first started, obviously three years ago now, I was 23. Yes, 23. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been with MotoGP so, three years, yeah. Yeah, and I was barely as old as those motor three now okay i'm very young obviously yeah but um some of those motor three guys i was very similar ages to them i was the same age as a lot of the motor two guys so i talk at them on the level but now i'm at the age where i'm looking at these 16 year olds and i'm like i was 10 when you were born and so i kind of <laughs> help them i feel I, especially someone like sergio garcia when i go and interview him i try and like not take him under a wing but give him a chance like hey let me help you through this because right. I can do that now, talking from a position of authority, because they need the help lesson. They get so nervous. But I, I, you know what? And that is a, a beautiful thing that you guys do. It's so subtle, but it's beautiful because you see them struggling and you'll answer the question for them or kind of get them out of that. E- <laughs> and it's no, it's it's beautiful the way because I feel for those guys because, you know, basically it's almost like a, that old Mitch Hedberg joke, you know, like, hey, man, I just really wanted to tell jokes. And those guys really just want to race. And it's everything that it, it comes with it. You have to be able to, <laughs> you know, talk, you know, it's got sponsors. You got to be able to talk in English and that's not their native language. So you, you got to give them credit, man. And I feel yeah, for those yeah. guys. They just want to race bikes. It's all they want to do and then everything else comes along with it you know what i mean but mm-hmm. i i love the way you guys do that you, it's like with kid gloves and i love and raul fernandez is one kid i i want to have him on i want him have him on this podcast so bad i really do maybe give him a couple years for his english for his confidence yeah, but well, yeah apart from that it'd be great yeah. well i'd be easy on him i wouldn't go hard on him i love because i remember I was, <laughs> I was interviewing sean dylan kelly and i asked him what his old shit moment was when he raced in uh, red bull rookies Cup. yeah i remember i listened oh how, oh you listen to that I thought that yeah. was great, wasn't it? How he yeah. went wrong. Yeah, it was really good. He went for that. And go, holy shit, that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, okay, that's that's the next level, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, I and, thought. And, my God. 
He's really shown it since we last spoke, isn't it? You know, now he was another guy. Well, when you talk about uh, Albert Arenas twitching, I kind of thought Fernandez was the same way because he would, like, he was Mr. Saturday afternoon. That guy would qualify. Yeah. He was always on the always in the front row. And you guys, it's funny how you didn't really talk about it. But if he would have just qualified, if he would have won maybe one more race. Or, or had a, a couple of podiums early in the year, he could have won that championship. He, he finished fourth. Mm-hmm. He finished mm-hmm. with 159 points. I mean, he could have won the championship. He really could have. You know, I feel but so. I don't know whether it's, uh, it, it's always, I, I really thought this was one of my, one of my cycling and running thoughts since um, coming back when people review the season and people see, if I was a bit more harsh, I'm sure there are, sure there are fans there. You, you call him like, oh, Mr. Mr. Choke on Sunday. Because that's what it looked like he was doing. Yeah. Or Mr. Oh, I can't do this because I'm too tall. But I was thinking about, I, you know, no one really knows what's going on behind the scenes with those guys. Yes. You know, and it's for, for us to, it's so easy. And you kind of have to as a pundit and a commentator and, you know, a, someone with an opinion on it. You have to kind of make these kind of opinions and brand these kids in this way <laughs> but yeah. then you think if you take a step back you're like it's really harsh i feel really bad yeah. um but like something was going on on those sunday on those sunday mornings with him where he just couldn't do it. i was even watching those highlights last night and he was even there until about the last six seven laps on most of those races like in austria and then all of a sudden he disappeared i'm like where did you go yeah yeah you know? but if he but then he showed at the end and it, like he's moving up to Moto Two now, but he's definitely not too tall to just smash those races. I mean, that Portuguese race was unbelievable. Like, what? Well, Whether who's done that over the last several years, apart from Dwan Mir and maybe Jorge Martin once or twice in Moto Three. Fernandez, I but I called him from the beginning of the year. I just, I mean, I did. I said, I said, <laughs> so this, proud of that, aren't you? Yeah, I, I really am, man. <laughs> I, I will pat myself on the back. <laughs> I, guess, I know you calling me out, but you, like you said, but I, it's my guy. <laughs> I, said, I said, bro, Fernandez. I mean, I don't know. I just saw him and I go, this kid has it. And then Sunday yeah. would come and I go, I don't know. Now, which leads me to this question. Has there ever been somebody, you know, they're going through something or, you know, it's the bike and you, and you don't have to give me names, but, and they don't show up on that Sunday, but you know, the reason why they're not showing up, you know, like, and you, but you can't really call them out on it. Like say like um, yeah like I I think um I would I mean I don't commentate on MotoGP and it's definitely the weaker of my my knowledge base but I'm I'm one of those I'm dead certain that Fabio Quartararo wasn't a choker this year and okay maybe to some extent he let the pressure get to him but um I'm pretty sure very very sure just from my opinion of the things I know and the people I speak to nothing behind the scenes like oh the paddock whispers <laughs> all that bullshit <laughs> um, but just from the information that I have to hand it all the stuff that's out there in the public domain just looks like a Yamaha M1 from 2020 just doesn't work. And it's not to do with that kid and him choking. I think he's fine. You know, and that, that's, that's what I think it is. And um, a couple, well, is there any other examples? Probably not. I mean, I know there's a few times like, um, well, as, as the stories have come out and emerged since, like in, in Joe's most statement, Joe Roberts was really struggling on that Friday of Portimao because of the whole Aprilia deal. Yeah. Like, geez, you got a MotoGP deal on the table. And you're at this brand new circuit. You're hardly going to be focusing on like, oh, where does my front wheel get off the ground at this roller coaster circuit? Are <laughs> oh, you? Yeah. And so you can you can tell now, like, oh yeah, that's why he was shit then. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Oh, now now personally, I thought which was great, and we talked about this. 
how the, uh, the, your last interview and the honesty of, uh, of, uh, uh, because oh, we were talking about 103, 103 GP, uh, uh, for, uh, you know, the fail CR. Oh, what, Fabio? No, uh, oh, no. Nakagami. Nakagami. The, his honesty yeah, yeah, yeah. on how he said, he basically said, yeah, I choked. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't really used to being in the front like that. I want to get the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his honesty on that may really surprise me because I said he did. And it's, and I feel bad sometimes saying that to a rider because they're in the, the highest of the high. They're racing, you know, the, the elite level and go, oh, the guy's a choker and pointing finger. Like, really? Could you do that? And I know, no, I couldn't do that. But at the same time, that is kind of what you get paid to do. But for him to say, yeah, the pressure got to me. I just thought that was very revealing about him. Yeah, 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 I really like that sort of thing. And I don't, I, I've said it before, I don't understand why they don't, a lot of them aren't more honest. And I said it on there, and Fran, I was surprised actually, I think Fran went at that point like, oh, that's a real nasty question, like vicious question or something like that to him when I said, um, I think I said like, do you just, do you lie to sort of convince yourself that you don't yeah. feel it? And I said that because they 100% do. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> but then again, like some people find admitting that kind of thing liberating and others don't. Everyone's got to find their own way, but in order to find that, you've got to at least try it once. Well, you know what I loved about him, man, is he, one thing I like about he's honest, but the other thing is you, he didn't really shut up. Like, he just keeps talking. It's, I was like, I like that in a way. It's like, okay, in a way, I think the LCR is going, hey, hey, don't, don't reveal the secrets. You know, because he just shut keeps, up. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in talking. HRC and now listening to that going like, you told them what about Mark's data? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nothing. <laughs> Seriously, that's true, eh? <laughs> I know, but it's the truth, man. I watch him, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, man, you can you can shut up, you can stop anytime." And he just keeps going. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he keeps going yeah, yeah. and going. And I just think it's hilarious. And I just thought, I just thought that interview was so revealing. I mean, that was like literally huh. like just taking the top off and letting everybody peer inside what goes on in his mind. And every writer's different, hmm. but that was a Beautiful interview, how you did. And of all the interviews you've done this year on la- on Last on the Breaks, what's been your favorite? Oh, if you had to pick question. your favorite, I mean, um, and that, I mean, I'll, honestly, all of those interviews. I listened to all of, all of those interviews were, and I mean this, they uh-huh. were great. They were, when, you talk, when you got Vinales to reveal he likes being alone, he's a loner, and he said that, and yeah. you got to reveal that, and you got Zarco, you got you got into a little bit of Zarco, how he, he came to be Zarco basically, and he's a, that was another one I loved. I mean, how you got him to reveal, uh-huh. you know, the real person who he is. So, and and, that, and it's going to be hard, but what? Yeah, what's maybe the interview that sticks out to you? I can't say the best, but what sticks out to you of all the interviews you've done this year on Last on the Breaks? Um, probably if I was get a cliche answer and the one that just sticks out to my head instantly is definitely Lynn Jarvis, just really? because I did not expect him to be that way at all. Um, first of all, starting off with just a blatant, like political statement to say like, yeah, I hated Margaret Thatcher. So I left the UK, which I was just like, wow. Beautiful. Uh, wow. I was like, huh. So instantly we know where his sort of morals and things stand and what he's like. Yeah. Um, that was hilarious. And then just, yeah, how just his story of like rising to the top was just like, what? I didn't know this. What? What? You went to, you got all your stuff stolen in the Vatican and he literally started unpacking, back, uh, unpacking boxes uh, in Yamaha to then roll in the roost. And I'm like, Jesus, that's great. And um, since then, he's like, whenever we see him in the paddock, or he's always like, oh, hello, how are you? And stuff like that. And um, I remember seeing him, oh, it was actually the last time I probably spoke to him. I was walking out of 
um, walking out of the paddock in Austria after that weekend with the crash. Um, the first one, not Maverick losing his brakes. And oh. I saw him in the, um, in the, he was just coming out the toilet. Um, and I just said, uh, Lynn, make sure you have a big beer tonight. And he just sort of walked over to me silently. And I was like, am I about to get bollocked? <laughs> With the way he sorted over me. And then he sort of said to me, he was like, I will. We got very lucky today and stuff like that. And it was quite a, and it sort of, he patted me on the shoulder. And then sort of, as we walked, I was like, geez. And like, but he's just been so, from that moment, we sort of opened him up and he was more genuine. He's just been really nice ever since as well. Not that he wasn't before. I just right. never really got the chance to speak to him. Um, so that was cool. Um, speaking to some real idols of mine, um, Greg Minar, the mountain biker, yeah. Chad Reed. That was just, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone could tell, but Last in the Breaks podcast is literally just an excuse for me to and Fran to speak to people we want to speak to. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't care about the downloads. <laughs> and, uh, the same here, man. I just want an excuse just to go, oh, yeah, I'm just uh, ringing Mark Webber. Is that okay? Uh, and stuff like that, you know. So I've got a long list of people that are next for next year. Um, it's all a ploy asking people who we, who they want to listen to. Don't care. I'm just going to choose myself anyways. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's, it's yeah. Lynn was probably the best. I mean, I, like I said, I loved all of them. And I, Chad Reed is another, I doubt if he does it. I always get on Chad's nerves when I see him at Supercross and at MotoGP, oh, yeah. but I love Chad. I always just wanted to ask him about, cause I saw him on a, I think the Gypsy Tales podcast and it was beautiful yeah, because he was talking about how I think his relatives down the line uh, are have Aborigine blood in them, you know, a little Aborigine in them, and how the battles with James, they were, and he heard what the you know the people were saying about James, and he didn't like it, and he wanted to take up for him, but at the same time, that's his rival. So there was a, I want to beat this guy; he's my rival, but at the same time, I don't like what they're saying about him because he's black. But and it, that that was a beautiful dynamic there, man. Because okay, he's my rival; I hate this guy, but at the same time, I don't like you guys yeah. saying this about him because of what, he's just that's his skin color. You know that 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 makes no difference. I just want to beat him because I, I want to beat him. And man, that yeah. that's that was so beautiful, and no one really explores that. I think because they're afraid to. No one really explores that. But it was beautiful. I, I just want to get him on a podcast just to ask him about that aspect. I thought that was so beautiful. And I think people are afraid to explore the racial aspect of that, you know, yeah. which I think it's great to get it out in the open personally, you know? Yeah. And I think, well, especially doing that back when they were racing in 2005, six, seven. Yeah. It's another, doing that sort of thing now, like it's, ab- it's very admirable still, very courageous to do that sort of thing. But it's more, you see it a lot more these days. Like I literally just, before we came on, I was flicking through Instagram and there was uh, these, um, what they, Queens Park Rangers, QPR Football Club. Yeah. Um, that loads of the loads of the players were were taking the knee. Some of the fans booed because they're racist. And then, um, then I think I can't remember what the club said, but they decided to change it. But then the photo was still one of the white players still taking the knee and raising the fist with the black player. And I was like, good for you, awesome. So you do see that kind of camaraderie and taking a stand more these days. But to do it back in two thousand five, six, and seven, I think is even more admirable because it was not really on the radar. Yes. as much then at all was it no trust me i mean trust me i i look at things now and it's like you know i'm a little old uh, you know like a little bit older and it's like it's almost like i see everything coming back around like i missed the first civil rights movement whatever and i feel and all to me black lives matter is this the second civil rights uh, 2.0 is what it is that's the way i look at it and it's like and i mean a part of me is like great and i'm happy for it i like to see 
everybody on board. What Lewis is doing is admirable, but I also love that mm. the white players are also doing it, or the white athletes are also coming on board. And I think it's great, uh, but there's that little cynical part of me that, because I've seen this all before, and I've went through the 80s and 90s and what they, you know, whatever, what, you know, I go through whatever, and, uh, you know, and, th- and then there's that part of me that I wish would wouldn't talk to me but it's on that shoulder because i've been through that and i see and i go man i hope this lasts but you know we'll see but i mean just mm-hmm. but just the fact that he's talking about it i like that part i really i love that part mm-hmm. and i think he should be you know commit commit commemorated what's the word i'm looking for Commended. Thank you. Thank I, yeah, yeah, but thank you. Commended for it. You know, <laughs> you know what I was trying to say. But I really do, and I, I, I think it's admirable, and I like it. So yeah. But I just want to interview him for that aspect. And that's why you live the dream, and I love that you do. I always tell you that, but it's the truth. No, man. it's my cheek. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I hope. Uh, I hope next year still get to do it. And um, yeah, lots of other guests. I want to have like I mentioned Justin Williams right at the start of the show. I want to have Justin Williams on because he used to he used to race um, race his bicycle around with his best mate or his mate. I think it was like his main rival when he was young, growing up or something like that. And they used to pretend they were MotoGP riders. Oh, that's they loved awesome. it. And having GoPros on their helmet, which is what helped Legion of LA get a following on social media, was came from like thinking of the onboard cameras of, of MotoGP. Nice, nice. Yeah, so he really likes it. So so if you do that, then I got to get him on. You got to tell him about me, and then we got to yeah, we all got to do it. <laughs> so let's look forward to hey, let's talk about Moto Two then for this year for Moto Two. Oh, you know what? Before that, and I was gonna I let you talk, but being there during the first Austria race and after that accident, I know you said you saw Lynn Jarvis and he was like a little disheveled. But how was that mood afterwards? Because that was ugly, and what could have happened was so close that I think it really affected. I mean, that was. You could have yeah. lost two people. I mean, lost, lost two people. You could have lost the legend. And like you said, mm-hmm. I can imagine how he, because when Rossi came and they showed the camera, he was like, you see him exhale and kind of like, and get off the bike. And then he was white as a sheep when he had first yeah. took the helmet. So what was it like when you were there, like the actual mood there? Um, well, when you're saying that, and I, just, I was just scrabbling around in my mind, like, what happened? What did we do? I can't remember. I chuckled because I just remember actually, um, I, me and Craig, uh, Simon Crayfart were just in a, an, in a hotel with someone made a mistake and put us with like the big bosses in the big fancy hotel with the really nice dinners and really great house beer. Yeah. And uh, we were with a couple of other people, whilst like Steve, Matt, Amy, Fran, and that lot were all in this other place. This other place was just it's a castle and it's really nice. Yeah. But me, it was just me and Simon like alone and. So that's where we'd have dinners together. Um, and then with a couple of other, other colleagues too, they come and join maybe a bit later because they're Spanish and eat later. And I, just, I was just remembering then like the amount of times after that we were sat with a beer. This is my beer. And we just like, we'd be on the table and I'd just go, fuck. And that would be it. And like, you just repeat. Like the, the, we'd be talking for like a couple minutes and you sit back, take a sip of your beer and you, when you finish, you're like, fuck and that that's what it was that like you just i don't know that, that yeah it was just shell-shocked still basically like it was it was it was crazy it really was i mean i was just watching from the media center still to this day no idea how um matt burt and steve day didn't just swear shout like that was huge so i mean when i saw you might when marini had his crash in le mans i think i i don't know i do it so i went holy mother of god <laughs> and then the guys were like 
don't blaspheme. The Americans don't like it. And I was like, I don't normally, but like, I had no idea what to say. And I just, all that came to my mind was like, holy fucking shit. And, uh, and I was trying not to say that. So how they didn't do it then, I have no idea. But it was just, um, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't, it wasn't anything where like, if I saw a rider come by, you, you sort of like would pay a bit extra respect to them. Nothing, it was because it's no different than normal. Right. Um, it didn't take any time to like, have an extra sort of like elbow bump or anything like that with anybody. It was just like, yeah, but everyone was just sort of exhausted. I think that's afterwards just because it was like, ah, it, it really, I don't know if that's a very good description. And <laughs> actually that, that is, I mean, because, because that's what it was like. I mean, it was like, you know, we talk Rossi, which yeah, but at the same time, Maverick went like this and I, yeah. how a piece of bike just didn't hit him either. I mean, that was so, so scary. And then, you know, the initial uh, 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 crash with Zarco and Morbidelli was, I mean, that was serious enough as it was. And then you got the bikes. That whole thing was horrific. And just yeah, that, yeah. and just that kind of like, and, and that, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Moto2 race have what happened to Happy Siren yeah, because yeah. of yeah. Bastianini's bike? So already, we already had that, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, my before. God. That was, oh, my God, that was so scary. So, but okay, mm. so the question I was going to ask you, how do you deal with that? Because you had that in Moto2. I mean, even though that was the race, and Steve, they did that, the race, that was the race. Well, I remember when uh, Phillips, uh, Phillips Salash was on, on the ground, and he was hurt. And I think it was in Valencia because he was hurt. And he laid out there, and I go, he's not moving this is bad and mm -hmm. i knew it was bad because they didn't show him at all after that at all and how did because i don't know what's going on through your ear but how do you deal with that like knowing somebody's seriously injured but you still have to keep it together for the people listening home and and kind of like pacify them like i hey, everything's gonna be okay or whatever um to be honest um uh, a couple of just a couple of things like mate I, I can't remember who talked to me about it before but i try and um uh we just basically say like well he's in the best as possible hope for the best at the moment and updates when we get it and then we try um sort of talk about i was i think i normally mentioned like where they've gone down where that is um and uh and to say like basically i hope we get some good news soon then i'm like trying to whatsapp somebody to find out what's going on any updates any updates and then we find out hopefully i mean fran actually had to deal with um unfortunately the the untimely death of um munandar back in uh, fritz munandar back in atc back in 2019 yeah um, that was pretty hard, uh, but I very much get into um, a place where it's like instantly it's not about me. Whenever someone has a bad accident, it's not about me at all. It's not about like have my my in terms of how am I personally feeling about this at that time. I have a job to do, right? And I just for me, I'm like I have to just keep doing my job. That's how that's how I deal with it. Um, which at that time is just providing the information, the necessary sort of filler until you get some updates. And things like that and that's that's just all you can do until when when you're on air and things like that i think um you just have to i i'm normally quite good at in that moment when you have to it's probably one of my best traits actually in, in terms of work when i have to get something done when i have to do this work there is no other option because i'm in that place mm -hmm. um then i i'm very good at just getting it done and and I just go back to that basically, and then afterwards I then decompress. I think about it and stuff like that, and 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 try to compress what's just happened basically. Wow. Okay. What's your what's your uh, what's your worst trait then? Okay, if that's your best trait, what's your worst <laughs> uh, trait? Worst trait is that unfortunately that that is also my worst trait because also that means that I end up doing a lot of stuff last minute. 
um so i end up doing stuff when i absolutely have to because it's like if you don't do this now you're screwed so you have to do it now and so but i'm improving that improving that this is probably my been my best so that would come down to time management okay so this has probably been, been my best year yet of time management because everything that's happened this year we we had a we had a lot of incidents back at home moving all my stuff back to the uk in such a sort short space of time because i had so much holiday built up i literally organized it the week after portimao friday after portimao i was here and like when I moved my whole stuff, like, but ready to back to the UK, ready to, to try and move house and stuff like that. So when time's tight, I'm way better at that. Oh. <laughs> but what that has meant in the past is I just leave things and leave things and leave things until it's, it's nearly too late, but then I get it done. So it's fine. Oh, then. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know if you're going to answer this question, honestly, yeah, go on. but what's the plan? <laughs> what's the one place or track that you kind of go well, i could skip it or uh, it, it, um, that you go mm. it's funny because um if you ask everybody else it's le bon and saxon ring and uh for me i quite i really like saxon ring i like that part of germany i love going for runs around the town where we stay in the chemnitz i think it's quite it looks like the british countryside but with german houses so i quite <laughs> like it um <sighs> not even Valencia Valencia's track is kind of boring but the racing's good I really like the amphitheater style um, you definitely don't see the um, the full potential of the bikes right but I still like it like I went for a run we're allowed at, we're allowed at the hotel for exercise and stuff like that and I went for a run on this like five kilometer trail path through the arts and sciences section and Valencia through the middle of it it's got this ribbon of green and park um, and it's absolutely beautiful so it's such a great place to visit I even said it a lot on the live actually and um, there's a 5K uh, trail run for just runners. Like, it's literally four runners. Keep your distance, please. Social COVID, blah, blah, blah. It's great. I loved it. Um, the only thing is the food in that hotel kind of sucked. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, like, it, I mean, fair play to them. They were bulk, they were bulk cooking for about 200 people. Yeah. But it fucking sucked. <laughs> so like, after two weeks, you were like, get me and like sorry sorry that it sucked but mate like why, why my did experience it? on the toilet was not good <laughs> it's not just me being fussy you if you're messing with my stomach then your food ain't good it's what? very simple what? sorry to the people who organized that paid it sorry to the hotel but take it as constructive feedback <laughs> okay. what kind of what kind of food was it was it was it spanish food or was it what was um kind of? yeah yeah like um they just yeah and they do the same vegetables, which is um, courgette, aubergine or eggplant, as you guys call it. You probably call courgette zucchini as well. Yeah. Um, and then pepper roasted. And that's kind of their, and with like some insides of tomatoes, and that's their jam on vegetables. And I'm like, <laughs> I need variety. <laughs> you know, and then they just, they love their pasta and... That's what I... Well, that's, uh, pa paella was good though. But that's what I do. I, when I, when I, whenever I travel, always order Italian. That's what I do when I when I go to when I go <laughs> yeah, to yeah, but then I get fat, so I can't do that. Well, okay, well I tried then. I tried, okay, I tried. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. I don't want to be on the toilet. I want you to be on the toilet. I tried um, to help you. Just go pasta. I tell you what, though, I, I'm trying to think of a place where I don't like to visit. Where you go? I uh, really can't think of one. I really, no. I re I really like them all. I really do. I really like Qatar. I really like Qatar. I love, I Argentina. love Qatar. It's just so far away. That's so cool. I Austin, obviously, the best. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's your favorite? Even, even Mateki's cool. Austin, Austin, probably, in terms of the actual place you visit, along with Phillip Island, like, equal best. 
Okay, what's the best place for bird watching then of all the of all the circuits? If you had to go uh, bird watch, Phillip Island. Oh yeah, let's well, yeah, it's it's easy. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, Phillip, um, have you gone yeah, bird watching in Phillip yeah. Island? Have you gone bird watching in Phillip Island? I just go. Yeah, I went out for a walk for like runs and stuff like that. I was just looking out, and yeah, it was pretty cool. When we, me and in my first year, uh, me, Steve, and Bertie went to play golf uh, on the golf course. Um, just on one of them there's like two or three i think on philip island we went to the sort of medium okay one that was kind of cheaper and uh yeah loads of geese on there and stuff that was cool i like it okay lots of parrots parakeets yeah Yeah. great so your favorite it's your favorite of uh probably austin to go to yeah just because yeah rainy street sixth street the food american food it'll get you fat It'll, it'll get you fat it'll get you fat uh, yeah, but also I, I um, Austin, I was always able to go and get load of um, load of runs in and stuff. Go and see the bats under the bridge. Yeah, uh, go for the runs along the Colorado River. Like, wow, this this is the Colorado River I'm running next to on a trail. It's great. I love it. It's fantastic. It really is. <laughs> also, where's um, some of the foods there? Some like the vegetarian joints. So I'm not oh. ve- I'm not full veggie, but if I can eat veggie and vegan, like I try to. I am all if, full if, veggie. Especially if it's good, it's like I am full vegetarian, and they have a great <gasps> burger place. Full vegetarian. I'm Mexican, almost vegan. Mexican food. That's oh my god, it. dude! In Texas, yeah, come on, Tex-Mex is so the much. greatest. I'll I'll, I'll break um, you in by taking you to Chili's first. I'll break you in, and yeah. then after that, we'll we'll graduate to the real Tex-Mex. Well, funny thing about me, which I don't know whether anybody told you before or whether we mentioned it previously, is I love Mexican food. Okay. I like I make Mexican dishes and bowls at the. But the problem is, I love it really spicy. I love the taste of spice, but mild spice i'm crying and sweating <laughs> out my out my head like genuine wet patches all around here and it's terrible but and that's any mild spice really but i just can't i just can't help myself i love it yeah it's the great man i'm telling you texas and mexican food it is yep. the it's the greatest of all the places actually the only place that can beat it maybe is california la yeah la and oh yeah okay right yeah and in southern california yeah and arizona to arizona also yeah okay now mm-hmm. the actual the actual track track i mean austin's everything combined but actual track the best track um uh philip island for sure or do you know what? actually portamao after this year yeah you raved about portamao yeah just never just never never seen even a motor three bike look so out of control yeah. Like just and people having to I mean guys like Tony Arbolino always look like they do just manhandle the bike everywhere they go. Yeah. But seeing all the other riders just like really going like <laughs> like trying to pull it over. I was like, fuck, this is this must be really hard. You know, and then um <laughs> we did the track walk on the Wednesday. because um, Tim gives Tim a shout out. Tim Walpole, who you uh, now used to work for Michelin, this is last year working for them. Yes. Um, they always, especially when Nick Harris was part of the broadcast team, they walked every single track that they've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Porter Mao never been there before. He's been there with World Superbikes, I think, but he'd never been there with GP, so he wanted to go for a walk around it. So on Wednesday, we went for a walk around it. And uh, we got to around turn 11, get going into turn 12 and up to turn 13. You come around the tight right-hander at turn 11, and it drops down. It was so steep. You had to like stop yourself from like picking up pace whilst you're walking. <laughs> and Matt Burke goes like, oh my God, it's not going to be a case of who can get the fastest lap round it. It's who can be able to go around at proper speed without being sick. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it was that extreme. Like, I just can't. I mean, actually, I think the camera guys and the TV directors did a really good job at just showing you how steep it was because it's insane. 
really is it best like, place it best like track beautiful I, I you know what i hope i mean i don't want to see any race actually like i don't want to see them take away any race but i would love to see them add portamount and i know the riders don't mm -hmm. want to go 20 uh 20 races in the year but i would love to see them add portamount i really would i mean i think i hope it does come back that'd be cool are you looking forward to going to uh the, the new track in finland how about that one yeah, yeah. I think um, it's for, I was talking about, uh, talking about it with a friend of mine the other day. He's doing an Ironman near, near Lati in Finland, which is about an hour away from where the Kimi Ring is. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, he was talking about that. I was like, oh, I think we're going, we're going near there next year, actually. Um, Kimi Ring. He was like, oh, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah, because I think he'd been, or someone he knows, been before. Loads of midges at that time of year, apparently. Um, but that's what you get everywhere with pines and stuff. Um, uh, the little bugs that, like, bite you and shit, um, <laughs> which will be a pain in the bum. A lot more tear offs on the on the visors, maybe. But it looks it looks cool. It looks really. T I think what was it Bradley Smith said that the, as a test rider he went there and he's like the track's a bit tight for MotoGP. Really, there's like one good section where you can really proper open it up. the beans, but it'll, it'll be best on a Moto3 bike. But somewhere new, cool. Good. Let's go. I'd love it. Good for you, man. I mean that. I I, I can't. I'll yeah. hope everything is you know gets back to normal for next year yeah, yeah. that's what i'm hoping yeah, for and for you for uh, looking for for moto 3 who do you think's going to be who do you look forward to win the championship in moto 3 next year like as far as the top five Ooh. top five top <clears throat> five that, you, that you're looking for okay. to, to really make that step up okay i got, got world championship classification here so let's have a look um so Vietti's not in it without, without I, cheating Tony. without cheating I'm not, I'm not looking so i'm, I'm just going no, top no. of the head you go top of the head. Yeah, but I, I can't. I, yeah, but this is the thing. I'm now into kind of relaxation mode. I forget who's in it. I forget. I was terrified you were going to ask me like specific events apart from the obvious ones about MotoGP because I tell you like BT I have no idea. No, this is this is where I reveal that I'm a complete uh, idiot and don't no, know. No, no, because hey, like I said, you're trying to you're trying to decompress, um, man. So I understand. Um, I think Darren Binder can do something pretty special next year. As can John McPhee, and then Sasaki and Unju. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Dennis, you're going to see a lot more from him. Um, Alcoba, if he can actually um, be nice on the track with other people. <laughs> yeah, what's his deal? Uh, stop what's stop the, what's pissing his, everyone off. Yeah, what's his deal? Um, Alcoba. I know, do you know what? He's really, I, I did the rookies um, video, um, like meet the rookies video at the Heref test at the start of the season. Yeah. Introduced myself. Wow, that feels like a lifetime ago because I didn't do anything with a mask then. And... Um, when I spoke to him, he was so polite. His English was great. He's really tall. He was so quiet and unassuming. And then just, according to all the other riders, and judging by the amount of penalties he's got throughout the year for his antics, he's clearly on the track a bit of a... An asshole. A bit of a dick at yeah. times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, whoa, what's he doing? Um, he's, but he's young. He's cool. He's trying to make his mark. He, I always felt sorry for him because in um, Junior World Championship, he was he was in the Estrella Lithia team for quite a number of years, and uh, Alonso Lopez. Well, he was number one on the team. Alonso Lopez was number two. Alonso Lopez got moved to the world team, left him, and it was Sammy Garcia. And I was like, "This ain't fair." Poor Jeremy. And then he moved to a t to another team where he moved to the Cristini team and got a title, and then he's moved up, obviously. But yeah, maybe he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, which is good. You know, probably oh, you a good that, thing. Yeah, you gotta have that chip on your shoulder. Okay, so those are your top five. Um, those are your top five from Model Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what Mino will do on a Honda as well, actually. I think Mino could be a good shout. I love Mino. I hope he gets it together. I mean, I really, I mean, I, I want everybody to succeed. I really do. There's not, I know, me too. There's I'm, anybody I go, I'm such a wet wipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I was like, I'm really, I think, so by the way, you see um, Carolyn and Powie's announced retirement today. 
Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't see and, that. And so was um, Kazuki Masaki, who was in it last year. So he was in Junior World Championship this year. They both announced retirement today. Oh. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad for them. What, what, you know, and it, was it because of his finger? Because of his finger? Yeah, and like uh, Kazuki Misaki's dad died, he said in September, he's not been able to get a deal together. And then Kip is, yeah, like he needs to be be with his family again. Well, you, know? well, you said, yeah. okay, uh, Powie and who else though, you said? Uh, Kazuki Misaki. He was in the BOE team last year. He was oh. like number 22. Oh, man. I hate hearing guys yeah. retire, especially such a young age, you know? And I especially hate- like when the Asian kids come over. Like, and they've like left behind their families to chase their dream. And then when they call it quits, I'm like, you're like, that's rough. Cause like they sat people don't appreciate how much those kids sacrifice. I think they all, Unbelievable. they all do, but yeah, they do. And also, I mean, the, the South Africans for, for Brad and Darren to come up from South Africa, Jack, mm. I mean, anybody, anybody that does that, man, you got to give them credit. I mean, it's almost, I can't say yeah. easy, but for the Spaniards, it's a little bit easier for the Italian. It's a little bit easier, but man, when you move everything, especially the agents to come over and have to learn basically four different, almost three, four different languages. You know what I mean? <laughs> have to learn Spanish yeah. and English probably. Yeah. It's, so mm-hmm. hard for those kids, man, and that just hurts my heart because I mean, Powie's finger was maybe the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That was ugly, <laughs> and then he he got amputated. Didn't he get amputated? Yeah, in the end, yeah. Oh. As, as someone who grew up watching British Superbikes, that was kind of alien to me. Why they didn't just chop it off to begin with? Because <laughs> like, in, in British Superbikes, like someone has a problem with the finger, it's like that's gone, little finger, goodbye, and stuff like that. So I was like, what are they doing? You know, but no, I feel sorry for those guys. So like Leah, like you, complete wet wipe. I just want everyone to succeed, you know, do well. I'm always saying like, I believe in you. I could do it. You could do it today. And then they're like, oh, cheers. And then they probably think he's probably saying that to everybody. And I'm like, yeah, because I like you all. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, if I don't say that, <laughs> if I don't give a damn about you, then I hate that. Because like, hey, he won. But eh, you know, I want all of them mm. to win, man. I, I want everybody to get a piece of that cake. I would love to have uh, almost almost like it was in Moto3 this year all the time, winner take all at the last round. That's just how I want it to be. And I want everybody (laughs) to succeed. Okay, so Moto2, who do you think right now, top five, rookie of the year, Moto2 for next year? Rookie of the year for Moto2 next year. Okay, Instinct's going to say Arbolino. Because um, just just because one of the most recent conversations I had about it was on um, Sunday night, his um, his manager, Carlo Pernat, was in our hotel. And uh, we just had a couple of beers. My God. I mean, you want, you want some insider info, actually? Please, this is funny. Please. After party 2020. Are you ready? Yes. There wasn't one. <laughs> There's, I think some individuals had like some individual like piss ups amongst their little bubbles. Yeah. But we had beers until about half past midnight. Went to bed. That was it. Oh. Like barely anything. It was so, it was so, maybe some people in their apartments had um, like a, uh, a an extra um like few people over and a, a bit of a piss up we all had an extra test all those of us going back to spain because we needed a test to even board the flight um so we all knew like okay we're freshly negative blah 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 and um but yeah we, we were just in in the bar just having a couple of drinks and it kind of sucked but yeah we saw carlo pernat um you know what he's like you know the one i mean yes so yeah. yeah, he's um yeah. I mean he's like the most old school bloke ever. Yes, like, he is. Yeah. Um and some of his opinions are a bit <laughs> and <laughs> time for a lie down. You're being nice. You're being um, very nice. Yeah. And like, wow, okay. Out there. <laughs> um but like what that guy's achieved is off the scale. Like if I can ever achieve anything in the sport, yeah. Ten percent of that I'm doing pretty good. 
Um, and he's done well enough that guys like Tony Arbolino and, and Air Bastianini believe in him. They're like, I want this guy. I'm a young, really young kid, and I want this guy to be my manager because he is he's going to further my career. And all righty, <laughs> so I believe you. Yeah. And Pernat was like, I said to him, um, so what passed him? He was still having his his nosh. And I went, um, hey, I got to say, I thought Tony fucked up on Saturday. I thought that was it. His chances were gone, but he did an amazing ride today. And he was like, you haven't even seen the start. He's, he is a really special kid. You think what an air Bastianini's done, watch what Tony's going to do. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Like, he didn't have to say that to me. Like, I was just an off-the-cuff conversation, just me and him. Yeah. And he did. So I'm like, all right. So he could probably do something special. Um, who else can do... Any more rookies you want? Cameron, or, or how about Cameron Bobier? You don't think he'll think you think he'll out, uh, do Cameron Bobier for well, rookie I'll, of the year? I mean, you know he's not uh, really a rookie, but he's going to be a rookie yeah. promoter too. You know, I, I'm, I've got a lot from speaking to the American racing guys a lot because I do a lot of filming with them. We're doing a little behind the scenes series with them and Joe. Um, uh, there's an exclusive for you uh, <laughs> in like January. A little small mini series about Joe will be coming and and the American racing team will be coming out. Um, and uh, so I've, I talk with them a lot to arrange filming, stuff like that. And I believe Cameron will get there. I don't know if it'll be in his first year, though, because it's just such a different animal. But five-time Motor America champion, he has nothing left to prove there. All he has to do, like, he, he can stay in the series for as long as he wants, probably, right. even though he's 27. Right. So all he has to do is just keep chipping away, keep chipping away. So maybe he does get rookie of the year. Maybe he comes in and he's, everyone's like, oh, my God, why was he not here before? Uh, well, he was obviously in yeah. 2009, like one, two, five. Like, why does he? Why do we let him get away? Yeah. But I think at some point he'll crack it. I think he'll do really well. How do you think? Uh, let's see. Uh, um, Viette. How do you think Viette and Fernandez are going to do in Moto Two? Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I th yeah, it's so it's so funny. I, you can just never tell because look at Dallaporta. Like, just didn't work for Dallaporta this year at all. Um. Well, it didn't Don't work for Bezeki like, initially, and then when he changed bikes, but man, it, but it, that KTM was shit. not good. Yeah, it was shit. <laughs> yeah, it, was shit. it was it was not the uh, it was not the one, and that's gonna totally yeah. So I think yeah, maybe you see. I would I would say I'd expect to see them towards the front and more towards the end of the year, given how good they are. Uh -huh. But at the beginning of the season, like. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't. I'm not. I don't really care where they finish because it's like if they start doing well from the off, I'm like, all right, sweet, like Aaron Kinnett from the get go. Right. Maybe they do absolutely nail it. But if they don't, I still wouldn't worry. No one talks about how great of a job Kinnett did this year. Kinnett was a side. <laughs> no, I mean, no one. I mean, he kind of went underneath the radar, but he had a great year. Kinnett yeah. really raced well. He's, well. he's the only one who, who nailed it speed up, didn't he? Because he was talking to, um, it, it took to Jen Antonio to look at his data. And to take his setup, I think he said. That's what Neil mentioned. See, I only ever get my information from Neil. Um, <laughs> like, he just says stuff in commentary, and I'm like, make a note of that. And then I don't claim it as my own. I, I'm, I like to be good with that. And I always say the next day, like, oh, Neil, as you were saying yesterday, blah, blah, blah. I try and be fair like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but with, um, yeah, with, with Kinnett, with, he really did something pretty special. I thought Kinnett was incredible this year. I really did. I mean, I can't wait for Moto 2. Uh, I can't wait for the season period for uh, yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be great, personally. I can for now. <laughs> Ask me again in about a month. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, okay, well, how long does it take you to, to uh, decompress? Um, like, like I'm, uh, I'm, I know you don't get sick of racing, but I, 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 but I know what you're talking about. Like, it's, like, it's like when I used to play roller hockey in L.A., yeah. I said, and this guy nailed it for He goes, the only time... I don't want to play hockey is right after I get to playing hockey. 
And and I go, that's okay. perfect. It's like when I have to get through a long ride. The only time I don't like, uh, don't think about riding is after I get through riding. So when do you like, how long does it take you to go, okay, I'm good. Now I'm ready to get back in. <laughs> okay, I'll split this into, into two sections, right? For actual racing to begin, yeah. I don't want racing to begin until the end of March. 100%. <laughs> because there is so much preparation and right. everything that has to go into the jobs around the race weekend. Okay. I'm not ready before then, man. Like, I have so much to do. <laughs> like, I start mid-January, and it doesn't get ready until that weekend in March. But in terms of when I start to look forward to getting back to work, like, mate, um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I finish this reflective period I'm on now, I've listened to podcasts and clarifying my thoughts on things. Listen to and then I start listening to podcasts and videos, starting to get ideas. And then as soon as those ideas become more creep, then I'm like, right, let's start planning. And that's normally mid to late January. When you start listening to Tales so, from the Gemini and so, okay, let's see what BT's doing. And then that's when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the end of January, hit me up and we'll, we'll start talking. Although maybe we don't have any news to talk about. We're just like, how you doing? It, it, have to be my, it doesn't have to be motorcycles, man. You're like my new bestie. You and Neil like my new besties, man. I no, mean, I'm, so, I'm always happy to come we, on. We, we yeah, we don't have to talk about bikes. We can just talk about life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, can, I can give you advice. You know, you should come <laughs> over. You should come over here during your break, man. I'm, listen, my girl, my roommate has a brand, has a new girlfriend who's, who's Mexican, and she makes incredible food, and you oh, yeah? would love it. Yes. You would love it. She, I mean, she's a right. great cook. You got to come over. I love that. Out of your pores. You're going to love it, man. <laughs> okay we'll do that yeah i was thinking the season reviews not really been about everything single thing that happened we sort of darted there here and there but well that's what yeah. we that's why but honestly that's why i call it from the gemini because it's like yeah i start that way but like a true gemini and i go someplace else and forget where i started but <laughs> I, I like the journey we go on it's like sometimes you gotta yeah. take that you know if i see a, a, a you talk about something i go oh yeah i gotta go down that path i can't i can act like you didn't say that you know what i mean and i gotta go down that path that's nice. No, I try and, no, it's funny because I actually uh, listen to this. I, I genuinely try and listen to a lot of podcasts to learn about how to do the last on the breaks one a lot or more. Like, I, ne I never, ever, ever listen back to myself. Never. Really? Hate it. Can't stand it. Don't listen to a single session. Don't watch a single video. Um, I, the only time I watch videos is to give them approval. Okay. Um, and every time I speak, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, don't listen to anything. Yeah. But I listen to other people. And I, I try and be very conscious of the things I'm saying at the time when I'm presenting and I try and pick up what other people are doing. I'm like, oh, I should try and do that. Even I saw Steve, Steve English has taken over doing the Mission Winnow series that they're doing for the podcast now. And it's on the same feed as Last in the Breaks. And um, yeah, he's doing it with this guy called, Al, uh, what's his name, Alberto Nasca. Yeah, he's like some Italian YouTuber. He's like really fast on a bike. He's really good. You should look him up. Okay, um, okay. But they brought him in um, to be Steve's co-host going through these new podcast episodes. I listened to, for, to the first like 20 minutes, then I had to go out and do something. Um, and I was like, Christ, Steve did a really good intro. I should really learn how to do an intro like that. <laughs> like, you know, so I take note of these things. And I think about you as well, like trying to pick up on things that people say and listen to them more. I like to think about that. It's, um, it really helps me improve too. Oh my God, man, that is a, I honestly, thank you so much. Cause I, I look That's at you true. like when I'm coming back, I have to go to acting class like two hours away. So I, sometimes I rent a car and I'm driving back, I listen to podcasts and I always yeah. listen to last on the breaks. It's my favorite. And, and that's why I had to hit you up after, after the, uh, the interview with the, uh, was it being so honest? I was like, Oh my God, this guy's great. No one ever talks like that. No one. Mm. So mm. I love what you do. I mean, I'm a fan of you and hopefully, you know, vice versa. And I just love what 
what you do, brother. And I really do. I, I, like I said, there was, what I remember like this year, I just, I just remember trying to get that little nap in after, after GP when Moto 2's on and after, and you said he was digging for gold and I love <laughs> I, I'm trying to oh, yeah, sleep, that one. and I just start laughing, and I go, "Man, this guy kills me." And when you, when Neil says something, you go, "Who?" And he said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, um, uh, Garza, right?" Because we were talking about him so much. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I lie to you not. I don't know why that was the funniest thing. <laughs> Where you go? <laughs> You kill me, man. I swear to God, you kill me, man. And I appreciate you being on as always, brother. Thank you. Uh, no worries. I know you're tired and I appreciate that. It's been a long season. Only 6.15. I'm just going to go for some dinner. <laughs> and, and honestly, for the bottom heart, thank you so much again for being on Tales from the Gemini. Always been my favorite. You'll continue to be my favorite. I'm kind of, maybe I'll get Neil on again and we'll talk some GP. And maybe I'll get you guys both on th at the same time. I would like that. That would be really good, actually. I said, you should do that next time. But in when Neil's recovered, Neil I think takes a bit longer to recover than me. Get us both <laughs> on at the same time. So maybe do, February. I would do that. Yes, right before you guys, uh, right before we hit the um, uh, guitar. Yeah. Oh, sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, man. Well, until then, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate you being on Tales from the Gemini. Uh, good luck in your recovery. I'm going to follow you on Strava as soon as we get out of here. So then you can keep track of me and my miles, and I can keep track of you. And we'll both push each other to being the best athlete that we could possibly be. Appreciate it, man. Good to speak to you again. <laughs> Great to speak to you again, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, buddy. And thank you for watching Tales from the Gemini. I'm BT. And like I say around this time, always, Bye.